I want to preach this morning about one of the most important things that's in this world or in the Word of God. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. The, uh, a lot of churches uh, I grew up in, they used to have the saying that we preach the Bible, the blood, and the blessed hope. And I'll say it again, I've said it before, if you preach the Bible, you will preach the blood and the blessed hope, amen? You're going to include what's in there. But I want to begin with Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Now there's a number of things that we want to look at concerning what the blood of Jesus Christ does for you and me as believers. Now, the blood of Jesus Christ uh, is applied to people that are believers. Those that repent or turn from their sins and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I want us to look at the scriptures uh, concerning the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible calls it precious blood. We're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but we're redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Our blood is not precious. Our blood has been stained by sin, but the blood of Jesus Christ uh, is pure and holy. Amen. And it was shed for you and me. Look in Acts 20 and verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Amen. Now, one of the first things we want to think about this morning is that we as children of God have been purchased. Amen. We've been purchased. Uh, we know that at one time we were slaves to sin, to Satan, but no longer. The Bible says you're not your own. You're bought with a price. You've been purchased with the most costly price that there ever was. You've been purchased. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Glorify God because your body and your spirit belongs to God now. Amen. No more are you servants of Satan and sin, but now you become servants of God. and You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Why is this? Because you're not your own any longer, but you're bought with a precious blood. You've been purchased. The Bible says, we just read it, which he hath purchased with his own blood. We were slaves to sin. We were on the auction block, so to speak, and the Lord in his mercy and grace shed his precious blood to purchase us, not only to wash us clean, but to make us his own. One scripture says that, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, the Lord knows them that are his. The Lord knows his people. He knows who he purchased. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit under the day of redemption. We have the mark and the seal of God upon us. 
All right, let's go on to another verse. I've got a number of, uh, quite a few verses of Scripture. And I'd like to maybe comment on all of them if I could. But if I don't get to all of them, I want to take this list of Scriptures about the blood and, and make up some copies of it next week. And I, I'll give them out next week. And maybe it'll be a reminder of this, what I'm trying to preach today. Romans 3.25. Romans 3.25. Where or whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Christ is our propitiation. That means that he is the offering. He's the sacrifice. And he was the place where God met man. Amen. The Son of God was one, the one mediator between God and men. You and I haven't made peace with God. You and I have been brought into this peace through the blood of Jesus. Our notice it says, through faith in his blood. A lot of people got faith in their religion. Many people have faith in different ideas. They got faith in their education, in their society, in their government. Some people have faith in their government right now. Well, I won't go into all that. But nevertheless, our faith should be directed to the blood of Jesus Christ. We have faith. We believe it's effective. The Bible talks about the effectual working that God has in our life. The blood of Jesus Christ not only was effective in the day of our salvation, but throughout the rest of our life, the blood still makes a difference. Amen? You can't be forgiven outside of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 9, how that we're justified by his blood and we're saved from wrath. Now that's not the whole verse. You can, you can look it up if you want to. Romans 5 and verse 9. How that we're justified by his blood. Many people think, well, I feel justified. Being justified is not a feeling. That's a legal term. You're either justified or you're not. How can sinners be justified? Well, sinners can't do it. Amen. Our religion can't do it. But the blood of Jesus Christ justifies. Romans 5, and back, back up to verse 1. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore being justified by faith. We're justified by faith today. Not by works. We're justified by faith. Therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no forgiveness for our sins. They even knew that in the Old Testament. Amen. Amen. But I believe they were looking forward to the time when the precious blood of the Lamb of God would be shed for you and me. Now, John the Baptist 
He came along between the Old and the New Testament times. I believe the, the primary point of his preaching, of course we know he preached repentance and a change in lives, but he also declared, Behold the Lamb of God. And that's what we need to do today. If we tell lost people how to be saved, we need to do like John did. Point out Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God who's taken away the sins of the world. Now, I believe the Jews were familiar with the term lamb or the word lamb because they slaughtered lambs every year and they shed the blood of innocent lambs. And I believe if, if they had any faith in the Word of God, a few of them did remember that when Christ came and they realized who he was, they knew that the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord, the Son of God, is the Lamb of God. Amen. There used to be a preacher I heard a long time ago that he used to write four or five times in his sermon, he would say, praise God and the Lamb forevermore. That's what we ought to be doing. We ought to praise God and the Lamb forevermore. The Lamb, what did John see in the book of Revelation? He said that he saw the throne, and before the throne there was a Lamb standing there, but it had been slain. Amen. And that's what we need to see today. We need to see the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, uh, that he has been slain. He shed his precious blood for you and me. All right, now Romans 5 and 9, the second part of it, it says that we're saved from wrath. Amen. We're saved from wrath. Uh, I believe it was Jesus and John both that they cried out unto the people who hath you know, warned you to flee from the wrath to come. People don't realize it, but there's a wrath of God. Amen? The wrath of God is real. Uh, those that believe are free from condemnation. But those that are not believers, the lost people, the Bible says they have the wrath of God hanging over them. They're underneath the wrath of God continually. But you and I that have been born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, the Bible says we are not appointed unto wrath. Amen. We're not. We're going through some things in this world. I believe the church will be here through the tribulation and all these things. But the tribulation is the anger and wrath of Satan against God's people. But the wrath of God is God's anger kindled against the unbelieving world. And we're not appointed under wrath. We may watch it from a distance. We may see it happening. But I want you to know we have been delivered from the wrath to come by the blood of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, at the time of Passover, or the first Passover, you know, the Jews were supposed to put the blood on their doorposts. Uh, and the Lord said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. God's wrath has passed over us because God has seen the blood. Amen. We have been purchased by the blood. 
We have been delivered from the wrath which is to come. So many things. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about faith in the blood. If we read God's word, we'll see why that we can have faith in the blood. If nobody ever told people what Jesus did or who he was, it would not be sufficient to say, believe on the Lord Jesus. But when they preached who he was and what he did and what he's still doing, then that would stir faith in people's hearts. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right, let's hear some more of the word of God. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five, it's recorded that Jesus said, this is the New Testament in my blood. The New Testament is about the blood of Jesus Christ. A testament is a covenant or an agreement. And the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? No, they can't. And unless you come into agreement with God and believe what God said and follow through with what he said we're supposed to do, we won't know anything about that New Testament that we all say we believe. The church is a New Testament institution. The church is not an organization. The church is an organism. The church is the body and the bride of Christ. The church is the assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. The church is made up of individual people like you and me who have turned from sin and believed the good news that Christ died for us, that he freely shed his blood for you and me, and that he rose from the dead. Aren't you glad for the simple message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I used to hear a preacher preach, and he was, he was a good old preacher too. He's dead now, but he was a good old preacher. But he said one thing that kind of bothered me. Every once in a while, he'd be talking about the death of Jesus, and he'd say that Jesus spilled his blood for you and me. Let me tell you, Jesus did not spill his blood. He shed his blood. Amen? Right. He willingly let his blood come from him. He, it was not an accident. If you spill something, it's an accident. But when you shed something, the Bible says he shed his blood for you and me. It was no accident. Remember what Jesus said. He said, no man taketh my life, I give it. Now Jesus had the power to lay it down and he had the power to take it up again. And there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ because he freely shed his blood for you and me. In Ephesians, I'm just going to tell you where the scriptures are. You can look them up if you want to. In Ephesians 1 and 7 and in Colossians 1 and 14, it talks about two things, redemption and forgiveness. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Redemption and forgiveness go together. We're redeemed. The word redeemed means purchased. We saw the scripture a while ago. It says that we have been purchased by his blood. Redeemed means the same thing. 
There's one scripture that tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. We ought not to be ashamed that we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed. That's a song, I believe. Tim, is that a song? Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. There's no other way to be redeemed. God's Word says that we're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Some people think they can buy their way into heaven. You know, that sounds kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? Nobody can buy their way into heaven. It's not for sale. It's a free gift. Amen? How many of you know it's the free gift of God's grace? God has shown his grace unto you and me. But did you know it was by the grace of God many things happened? I believe in the book of Hebrews it says that by the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for every man. It was by God's grace that Jesus died for you and me so that he could show forth his grace, his mercy, and his love in redeeming you and me. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and we've been made kings and priests unto God, and we shall reign upon the earth. We're reigning with Christ in life right now. Why? Because we're redeemed by the blood. All right, so we find redemption and forgiveness. They go together. If we're redeemed, we're also forgiven. The scriptures tell us that he has forgiven us for sins that are past. Did you know every sin you ever did is past? Amen. It's past. And as far as God is concerned, they're forgotten. Amen. The Bible says that God will never bring up our sins against us anymore. Once we repented and believed on Christ, then the blood is efficient. The blood is sufficient enough. The blood is powerful enough to wash our sins away. Now, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And he might try to accuse you sometime. But remember, the Bible says the accuser of the brethren is cast down. You know why he's cast down? Because Christ died on the cross. One scripture tells us that, that Christ, through death, his own death, he destroyed him that had the power of death, the devil. Amen. As far as God's concerned, the devil is no more a problem. Amen. You see, the devil was defeated when Jesus shed his blood on the cross and died for the sins of the world. All right, let's go on. In Ephesians 2 and 13, the Bible says that we've been made nigh or near to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. What can bring you to God? A mediator. The Bible says there's one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus was the man. Amen. In the flesh, he was the man. In the spirit, he was God. But as a man, he died for our sins. As a man, he brought us near to God. You see, at one time, before we were saved, 
We were strangers and aliens from God. We were alienated. That means we were separated. God's Word tells us that your sins and iniquities have separated you from God. You were born in this world, and you, when you came to the age of where you knew what right and wrong was, and you automatically chose what was wrong. Amen? You were a born little sinner. And when you got to where you were accountable to that, then you were definitely accountable. And the Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day. So if God's angry with us before we were saved, what happened to make God not angry anymore? He came to put away our sins by the sacrifice of himself. And by his shed blood, he brought us nigh or near unto God. We are now in the family of God. We are children of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ because he redeemed us. Or in Colossians 1 and verse 20, the Bible says he has made peace for us through the blood of his cross. There's a little story that I've told probably four or five times before, but I love this story. It's about this elderly lady who was in the hospital, and a preacher came and talked to her, and he was worried about her soul. And he said, Ma'am, have you made peace with God yet? You're going to die real soon. She said, No, I haven't made peace with God. And she had a smile on her face. And he said, Well, why are you so happy? You had not made peace with God yet. She said, Jesus made peace with God for me. Amen. The Bible says, we just mentioned it, that he made peace through the blood of his cross. Thank God none of us made peace with God. Jesus made it for us through the blood of his cross. That's what it's all about, that we see the gospel of what Christ has done. Too many times that religions have tried to preach a gospel of what you can do for God. But I'm glad we can believe in what God through Christ has done for us. That's the good news. If it depended on you and me, we'd all be a bunch of losers. I'm not talking about just the biggest loser losing weight, but I'm talking about in ourselves we'd be lost. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible to him that believeth. It's, it's a simple thing. God knew that nobody could save themselves. There's not anybody in the world that has ever saved themselves without Jesus Christ. I know the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, uh, to save yourselves from this untoward generation. But the way you do that is through falling at the mercy of God, falling through the grace of God, into the very care of God, and knowing that nothing you can do in yourself. With man it's impossible, but through Christ all things are possible. All right, let's go on. In uh, Hebrews 9 and 12, the Bible says, he has obtained eternal redemption for us. He obtained. 
In other words, he got it for us. Amen? He got it for us. Uh, they long time ago, somebody went down to the altar and prayed, and then they got the victory, they got saved. People say, he got it, he got it. Well, he got it for us, amen, and gave it to us. Eternal redemption. That's going to last a long time, amen. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We have eternal life. We have eternal redemption. We have eternal salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, if we're going to follow the devil and claim these things, we're going to be sadly disappointed on Judgment Day. Amen? People that follow the devil don't know Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My sheep know my voice, and none other will they follow. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Praise God. If we're his sheep, we hear his word, we hear his voice, and we obey that precious word, obey the gospel, and we follow Jesus we have eternal redemption. We have eternal life. All right, let's go on. Hebrews 9 and 14. The Bible tells us in this verse that we purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How can we be purged? Purged means to be clean. Amen? A purging, a cleansing. You remember what... Uh, Malachi said, I believe in the fourth chapter, if I'm not mistaken, Malachi said that he would purge the sons of Levi, I believe. Uh, and we now are like the sons of Levi were under the law. We are purged now. We are purified. All right, look at it. Let's, let's just read it. Hebrews 9 and verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ... Now this is a contrast. Contrasting what the blood of bulls and goats did in the Old Testament. Contrasting that, how much more? We've got more than what the Old Testament Jews ever thought about. Amen? They couldn't comprehend the greatness and the glory of the Lamb of God. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself. You remember a while ago I was talking about Jesus did not spill his blood. He offered himself. His blood was the offering. And the cross, the cross was the altar. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In this purging, it does two things. First of all, your conscience is purged from dead works. In other words, all your religious formalities that you may have had, they were worthless. They were dead works. Religion is nothing but dead works until you're saved by the grace of God. It does no good for a sinner to be religious. Amen? Amen. It does no good for a lost person to be religious. It might make him a better citizen. It might make him a better outward person. But the Pharisees were pretty good in that, in that regard. Amen? The Pharisees, 
Uh, if you're part of the expression, but I don't think they didn't drink, and they didn't smoke, and they didn't cuss. <laughs> you know, that's just an old saying. Um, they probably didn't, too many people uh, smoke back then. But the point is, uh, the Pharisees had a good outward form of religion. But the Bible says they had a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such were to turn away. So, when you get saved by the grace of God, you get washed clean in the blood of Jesus. You get purged from dead works. Dead works. Religion is nothing but dead works until you're redeemed by the blood. Or after your conscience is cleansed and you're free from dead works, then, look at the, the last part of that verse, Hebrews 9, 14, to serve the living God. You've got to be purged, sanctified, separated from the world before you can serve God. Like Brother, Brother Darren was teaching this morning, too many people are running out in the world, looking like the world, acting like the world, smelling like the world, and saying, I'm a Christian. You want to get saved? No wonder they don't want to get saved. They see a bunch of hypocrites walking around out there that have never been purged, never been purified, never been sanctified by the blood. Why would anybody want to follow that? The Bible says God has redeemed us unto himself, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. We are to be peculiar, zealous of good works. And the only way we can be different from the world is to be different from the world. Amen. Amen. Saved by the grace of God, sanctified by the blood and the Spirit of God, filled with the Spirit of God, then we'll appear uh, in a way that would be pleasing to God and people might listen to us then. All right, let's go on. In Hebrews 13 and verse 12, and also in 1 Peter 1 and verse 2, tells us, Verse, uh, Hebrews 13, verse 12, that he would sanctify the people. Sanctify, that Christ, by his blood, would sanctify the people. We are sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of the living God, and by the Word of God. It takes all three in combination for a person to live for God. Amen. We can't sanctify ourselves except we surrender to the Word of God and follow after the Spirit of God and our faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. In 1 John 1 and 7, I believe all of us can probably quote this verse. 1 John 1 and 7. Everybody turn to it. If you can't quote it, read it. Amen. It's, it's, it's good to quote it. But, you know, get like me after a while, you do good to quote some of the more familiar things. First John 1 and 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. 